This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello, welcome to Film Fandango, the film podcast. I'm David Reed. This is Marit Larwood. My name is Marit Larwood. And we're talking about films in the spookiest week of the year. It's, but it's already been and gone, Halloween. Has it? No, it, no, it hasn't. By the time yeah, this out. It was yesterday, by the time this comes out. We're recording this, actually, the day before our Film Fandango quiz event, which is very exciting to think that uh, the winners will have been announced. All the prizes will have gone. They're in a big pile in the corner at the moment. And all our careers could be over. Yep. Any, or any... they could have only just begun. Ah, <laughs> um, Buddy the dog is also here, possibly the most excited he's ever been. Yeah, I don't know why. I don't know why it might. I'm, I think it might have something to do with the hurricane that hit uh, London this morning. It was a sort of fake hurricane. Yeah, uh, it knocked some trees down. You know, some people died, um, but uh, it's mostly been uneventful. Um, Talking something that's eventful. Yes. I went to an eventful film at the cinema this week. A movie event? Yes, a movie event you could call it. What movie event did you attend? I went to go and see Captain Phillips. It's about uh, Mark Phillips, isn't it? The Royal. No, it's not. Oh, is it not? Any other Phillips? Uh, no. Not many famous people call Philip, are they? Because you should probably call yourself Phil rather than Philip. <laughs> Especially if it's your surname. Yeah, you Phil would... Phillips. <laughs> Phil Phillips. Um... Filthy Lips. <laughs> yeah. Phil Phillips. It does sound... Phil, yeah. Phil Phillips. Phil Phillips. Phil, if you Phil said Phillips. a London accent, it's... Phil like, Phillips. Yeah, filthy lips. <laughs> no, Phil Phillips. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, filthy lips. So is Captain Phillips' name Phil Phillips? I don't know what uh, Captain Phillips' first name is. Oh, it's Richard. He calls himself Rich. Dick Phillips. Yeah. Dick Phillips. What do you think about that, buddy? Anyway, I thought this was really good. What's it about? I know nothing about it. I, it I, I've, I've sort of... Um, uh, not been keeping up to date with current cinema for almost the last month now. But um, this one, the posters have obviously uh, uh, I've seen, and it's a man, Tom Hanks, sort of looking off into the distance. Mm-hmm. I couldn't get anything from it. What's it about? It's based upon a true story. It's actually happened to someone. So it's a combination of a, a screenplay and the memoirs of uh, Richard Philip, um, a book he wrote called uh, Captain's Duty which you can buy, you maybe read before seeing the film. Um, what happens is uh, Captain Phillips is a captain of a ship. When's it set? 2009. Oh, OK. He's doing his job. It's a normal job. He's sailing some cargo around the coast of Africa. And then guess who goes and spoils it? <sighs> Elton John. No. 
Somali pirates? Yes. Oh, those pirates. A bunch of Somali pirates. I, I didn't really fancy this film that much by the look of it. Right. But it's like a... It's the, that... We've talked about this before. Like a bottle episode on the high seas. So Captain Phillips is uh, sort of the John McClane of a boat. He's not... He's like Only a, it's true. So. Yes, yeah, so he's nicer... Uh, he's a nicer bloke than that. Okay. And one of the actors in this... I recognise because I, I was in a, a pilot with him two years ago, this Armstrong and Miller pilot. Right. And he played an American in that. And the next thing I know, he's in a film with Tom Hanks as one of the crew. Wow. Corey Johnson, his name was. Oh, okay. And I thought, all oh, right, it's all right for some, isn't it? <laughs> so rather than enjoying the film, I got a bit melancholy about the state of my career. Oh, and you missed most of the setup. <laughs> yeah. Um, I did go to the toilet as usual and then keep it. You'd like to do that. Why don't you empty before you go and see no, a film? No, because so I, I get one of those massive, big, oh, giant um, Diet Cokes. You know, it? they purposefully make them uh, <laughs> bigger than a human bladder, so you have to go. Yeah, I do that. I just go... I, I've got a line written on those things where my bladder is. Yeah. I just, just go over that. <laughs> yeah, and never put much ice in. Yeah, and try and soak up with popcorn. But no one wants to hear about that. <laughs> they want to hear about this film. About Richard Phillips. Well, it's directed by Paul Greengrass, who I suppose is most famous for the Bourne Ultimatum uh-huh. films and Bourne Supremacy, which are great thrillers. I great think. thrillers, yeah, yeah. And he's a, a very safe pair of hands when it comes to... Um, and is this a safe film? Do you no, know? it's great. Okay. It feels... You almost know the story when you go in. Because you've seen the trailers, you know it's Captain Phillips that the, that the boat's going to get taken hostage. But what a key thing for me, which makes this film more interesting, is the preamble. They show the uh, a bit more about Captain Phillips' character before it happens, and also the Somali pirates. They show a bit about them. They're not just the two-dimensional evil villains that right. turn up. Whereas a lot of films, you don't know anything about the bad guy. You just yeah. know they are the bad guy. Well, it's almost depending on the genre of the film. It's almost uh, part of the enjoyment of it is that this is a black and white situation. Yeah, uh, that you know there is no ambiguity about the villains because uh, it can sort of hamper the enjoyment a bit, can't it? Yeah. Um, although I, I, not not with the TV series Ultimate Force in my experience. I haven't seen that. The format of every episode of Ultimate Force is for half an hour you get to know the villains and exactly why they're actually decent people just on, you know, mm. in the wrong circumstances, blah, blah, blah. And then right at the end, um, uh, the Ultimate Force guys come in and murder them in an instant. Oh. And that's it. The good guys come in and murder them and that's it. it. I've just finished reading John Watson's book about being a psychopath. Oh, the psychopath test. Yeah. And is anyone truly really bad? Uh, well. Do you think you've met people who are truly bad? I met Jimmy Savile once. Okay. So possibly. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to go into that. No. Is that a potential court case? Well, he bought my brother a birthday cake. Did he? Yeah, when we were, he was probably about 12. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And he uh, shook all of our hands. For those um, people who uh, are listeners in um, Somalia and uh, yeah. other... And Piratia. Yes, Abroad, Jimmy Savile is a famous British celebrity who was recently uh, was on television for thirty years and, and uh, quite um, stuff keeps coming out. Yeah, he's just, uh, <laughs> everyone thought he he looks like a complete yeah <laughs> p- paedophile. It's one hundred percent true. One hundred percent true. Plus far far worse. 
Yeah. Um, anyway, on a, a nicer note. Um, yeah. Back it, to those adorable Somali pirates and their sea shanties. I hate to think how skinny the actors were in real life because they're so You know when you go on TV and I look, you put yeah, on yeah. two pounds? They were, must have been tight. They can't have eaten at all. They were great. All the acting performances in this are really, really great. And they managed to have this. All the Somalian pirates, they're all different. They've got different characters. Yeah. All the people on the boat, on the ship are all different. They've thought about the character. They've thought about little, just tiny little signatures, which give each of the uh, actors, each of the parts, a bit more character and a bit more sort of round realism to it, which make that makes the film. That makes you interested in the dynamic between each what each person is doing. Is it an action film or is it just it's a yeah. thriller? It's like an action th- thriller. Okay, it is. It is of that genre. Okay, because Tom Hanks isn't your usual guy you'd consider for that. But sort. that's what uh, that's why he was chosen because he's a nor- he's a normal mm. man put in a situation, in a and that's why you empathise. That's why you empathise with him because he's not this. He's not this capable. He's one of us in a potentially horrific situation. Not that when you have an action figure, must you think, oh, well, he's going to handle that. He's just trying to work out what to do. You're following his brain and what he's thinking and how just tiny little things to try and help themselves, the things they say out loud, you know. It's odd trying to communicate with someone without knowing the hostages are there. Yeah, yeah. So how I would say to you, to give you a secret message when the hostage is there about a key thing that's happening, very interesting, stuff like that. I thought it was very... I thought it was, uh, it was just a very well directed film and set in a confined space and it really felt very claustrophobic and uh, and it's two out two hours and forty minutes long one of the, one of the few films that actually feels like it's shorter than that two hours forty fourteen fourteen but maybe I cried at the end of it really yeah I'm, I quite cried quite a lot but I found it quite upsetting the end of it how many marics do you give it I give it a solid eight and eight, so it's got eight on technique alone, and the final two. I don't know. I, it, I, it's a good, a good Friday night film. Okay. There's some. I, I like Prisoners a couple of weeks ago as well. There's some good. It seems that we're we've gone through the summer uh, sewage films, yeah. and we're back in the whole um, Oscar contenders. So yeah, I've seen some good performances from. Uh, in Blue Jasmine, old um, alien-looking woman. What's her name? Gladriel, not Gladriel. One oh, um, uh, Kate Blanchett. Kate Blanchett and Tom Hanks. Safe pair of hands. You forget how good he is. He's always he's, there. Yeah, he's always good. But he does always surprise you because he's always there, isn't he? He's always about doing something or other. But he's... He doesn't do have to do that much. He just does... It feels like a different character from his... They're all Tom Hanksy, but it was a, a. There's a couple of scenes which I won't say because of spoilers, and you realise, are oh, you you're making me feel these emotions that are quite complicated emotions on screen and make them making them believable, make about the quandary you're in and your relationship mm. with the hostages and how that's not it's not black and white. Where so many action films you've seen superhero films, as I said before, are black and white. Yeah, this isn't a black and white film. It's all. Changing relationships with people who are the bad guys. Uh, it's, it is, it is at the, and at the same time, maintaining that thrilling uh, narrative pace. Well, I wonder if we're sort of in an era where those stories need to be told, or, or you know, they're going to be told more often because 
post Second World War, things were fairly black and white. Certainly, yeah. people, you know, uh, there was no ambiguity about who who was in the right out of fascism and those protecting themselves. But now, it's a far more nuanced world in terms of the villains who are actually out there. And so, see, maybe the stories are reflecting that more. Yeah, and more. maybe we won't have that sort of eighties heyday of. Uh, proper good versus evil films, you know. I think because it's based on a true story that there has to be this sort of factual element in it. Yeah. That's one of the reasons. And maybe as an audience, we are more worldly aware because of the internet and uh, uh, and the media. Yeah. So we know what's going on in these places, whereas before you could just make up some <laughs> hokey rubbish well, exactly. and you might buy it. I mean, I used to love that stuff when I was a kid. I mean, the villains in... You know, in James Bond or in Indiana Jones, I mean, they're just, you don't question their motives, they're just bad eggs, aren't yeah. they? But these days, I, I, I find superheroes to be, it's all a bit naive and sort of like boring. Yeah, I think villains went, it was German, Russian, yeah, and then sort of uh, well, was- Korean. Playing that's sort a, of xenophobic villain. That was a national. Yeah. And now it's every a, Russian was sort of like a Cold War bad guy, and every German was a sort of post-fascist fascist. Yeah, <laughs> but it did go from German into Russian, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. And then Korean, and that's Korean, it. and sort of we've they never quite dared to go Chinesey, but now they've sort of gone Middle Easty. Yeah, um, in late nineties was Middle Easty, if you think. Yeah, yeah. There we go. So I would thoroughly recommend. Um, I think it's interesting for everyone. This film, twelve A, twelve A as well. Oh, so there were a few kids there, sort of older kids there. So I think if you're thirteen or fourteen, you can handle this. <laughs> what do you uh, rate your chances if you were trapped on a boat with Somali pirates? Do you think you would make the right choices, or would you? That's what you. I didn't realise how clever Captain Phillips was at communicate. Obviously, it's not total reflection of what happened yeah I will probably just saw myself and start uh, <laughs> in code yeah I don't I wouldn't be able to communicate clever things I wouldn't be able to I always think what would I do and it was pretty rubbish compared to Captain Phillips right oh I love I love the the uh, hero using their superior brain to be that's always the most fun rather than mm. just he's better at punching yeah. You know, when they outsmart them. I mean, those are always the best bits of Bond and, you know... The there be- are a few the best, like that. The best guy... Like, McLean outsmarting them is what you enjoy about it, not the, not the fact he gets a big gun and then shoots people. Yeah, that's boring. Um, so go and watch it. It's out at the cinema. Great, great. Thank you for that. OK, middle section. Do we have uh, any letters? Yeah, here's one. Here's one on the subject. Here's one... Entitled Chinese Film. Chinese Film. It's from Ewan McInnes from Edinburgh. Do you want to read it? Do I have to? All right. Okay. This is from Ewan in Edinburgh. Oh, God. It's a long email. Do I have to do that accent for the whole thing? I'm not very good at it. Right. Dear Marek, David and Buddy, who were suspiciously silent last week. Having just listened to last week's podcast, I enjoyed the fact that you were watching and thus promoting an area of film most people, like Marek, are either unaware of or assume will be poor. I just thought, maybe, though I don't know how easy they are to get hold of, you might be interested one week in, to look at some films from different areas of the world. I'll just pause there. I think you were talking about when we talked about the silent films, we talked about the general 
and Charlie Chaplin's Modern Mother Times, Country. yes. When I was at university, my Chinese history teacher might have... I don't know if that's Chinese history or his Chinese history teacher. Well, let's find out. Yeah, OK. Uh, might have single-handedly ruined my degree classification. Classification? I don't know how to say that. But he also had a weekly film afternoon where we would watch a Chinese film um, about their past in order to get a better idea of how life might have been. Chinese history, presumably. Yeah. The three films we watched were Farewell My Concubine, To Live and The Blue Kite. Now, I'm not going to go as far as to say the, that these are my favourite films, but I found it interesting to see films from an area I otherwise would never have considered watching and say that the, uh, and, and perhaps you might be interested. Of the three, I think I preferred To Live. But as Braveheart once said, I want to live. But as I write this email, I'm increasingly aware that it was eight years ago and I can't remember much about all of them. Still, if they're freely available, again, I've no idea if they are, it might make an interesting discussion. Loving the podcast and will donate once my Film Fandango t-shirt starts to fall victim to wear and tear. Sad I can't be there for Film Fandango Live. Sure, it'll be a great evening. I'm sure it will, as it was... Earlier this week, we're recording early. Thanks, Ewan McInnes from Edinburgh. Sorry about the accent. Um, so those films you recommend again, Farewell My Concubine, To Ch- Live and Chinese cinema is, is, is exactly right. I've, I, I haven't seen much of it and I would love to We see should do that more. Um, one week. I'm even ignorant as to I get uh, Far Eastern cinema sort of confused as well with each other. Like, I, I, like Indonesian and Korean, I yeah. sort of... Chinese cinema is the one with um, chopsticks in it. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> which is Battle Royale? Which is that? That is ja- that's all Japanese, isn't it? Is that Japanese? Oh, sorry, I get so confused about these because I'm, I'm fairly ignorant. Of I've it. seen quite a few Japanese films. Um, I'm sure that's Japanese, or is it? Uh, yeah, uh, In the Mood for Love is very good as well. That's Japanese as well, isn't it? I can't believe it is like it's embarrassing, isn't it? It is embarrassing, but I, you know, at least we're being honest about it, and we want to learn more, I guess. Um, so, thank you very much. Um, we should talk about the podcast. So, we are doing a, a quiz in our live podcast yes. and showing our short films. It, it is a pain. I've got to say, as much as I criticise films <laughs> on this podcast, my experience of trying to make a short film. With no budget, and it's mostly me and a few of my, well, basically me moving the camera yeah. and moving around the other side and pressing. Well, you're, you did focus. you did sort of uh, bring it upon yourself, didn't you? Because I mean, you 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 wrote a thing that required you to film yourself in many many different guises. If you want to see our short films, we're going to put them on our Facebook thing. You can um, look them up on the internet. Mine is called uh, the Birthday Wish, and my uh, username on YouTube is put Marek Larwood on YouTube. Or for David's, it's... Uh... Mine is called uh, The Mug of Time, and my uh, YouTube thing is The Shamble House. And also, we're going to be putting some other bits of our quiz on the Dear Film Fandango um, uh, YouTube account as well, because we've done some other bits. So, But not... all of this will be available from our Facebook page, so go there. It's facebook.com forward slash Film Fandango. Yeah, so I, I think it's a good time to make the point that I do slack off some films, but it's so hard. Oh, it's to do. bloody hard! It's so hard to do. It's so easy to shoot something, and then when you edit it all together, it's sort of lifeless and dull, you know. But then you can also 
edit too much pace into it and it becomes a sort of meaningless, hyperactive mess, you know? Um, and I think our two films are somewhere on that scale. <laughs> yeah. It's, you get, it's getting too close to the point that you can't... When you're editing something yourself, you've got no idea what it means or what is going on. Yeah. And you don't even know if it's the right thing to do to carry on with the film or if it's any good. It's shorts, though. Particularly difficult. Yeah. Because... You know, I think when you've got more time, it just becomes about the shape of the scene itself each time. But with a short, it it, it might not have scenes in that traditional uh, feature film sense. It's just a sort of rolling uh, tapestry almost of one story, just like beat to beat to beat. And it, it, it's a sort of subtle art. I mean, the editing process you have such a respect for after having made a short. Because Crucial. it makes or breaks it, it really does. I think it's changed the way. I think if you make, I would recommend anyone just for fun, just to try and make a film on that iMovie. Even you can use your iPhone now. And just how you it changes how you watch films and how you respect the shots. When you even when you're trying to shoot a dialogue between two people, trying to get the wide shot, do you get the yeah, the yeah. dirty shot, which is where you see someone's shoulder? Oh, anyone who's had that face. conversation about does that cross the line? Does that? Can you explain what okay, crossing, crossing the, line the line? It's the bane of all film students' <laughs> lives, and all film students will uh, try to break it on purpose to experiment with the form. It's always shit. But basically, the in principle is you have shots and reverse shots. So if I'm talking to Marek, then you've got one of me uh, looking at Marek, but you can't see him, and then the reverse to show who I'm looking at, and he'll then talk back. Basic, but. The crossing the line thing is, in the simplest form I can uh, explain it, is if Marek is looking out of the left of frame, in order to make it look like I am looking at him when it cuts to me, I should be looking out of the right of frame. So that it doesn't look like we're both looking in the same direction at something else. But working that out in your head on the fly can sometimes be quite difficult, especially if you've got multiple people. It's, it doesn't, it's not always dialogue. Sometimes you've got three, four people moving around as well. And to, to know in your heart, as you're shooting it, when you take it to the editing room, these will mesh up and make sense is, I mean, it's just a thing you've got to keep doing and doing and doing until you just know. But that's why a lot of filmmakers, when you've, you shoot the wide shot, you yeah. do your clerk, you get coverage. Cause you think actually, I'd rather be covered. Yeah. So if I've made a cock up, the wide's my safety thing. You can always go back to that, and then where you go to for all the yes. shots. You've, so you know you've got you've got the wide shot. You've got the two close ups. You've got the, the yes. extreme close up. Sometimes you do a mid shot. It doesn't even fit because you can't. Your eye doesn't. You can't go to a middle one to a. Yeah. It, it sounds boring, but it's, it's fascinating. It's I love it. You don't even realise that are there. Until you make and you think, oh, well, because anyone who anyone who just is a consumer of this stuff, not a creator of it, and um, you know, which is entirely fair enough, not everyone has to make films, but you probably won't ever have seen a poorly shot or edited um, dialogue scene, for instance, on TV or in film, because they're all done by professionals. But my God, when you start making your own, you've seen some. <laughs> shockingly done stuff you just go there's no saving this the shot was wrongly composed that's it it's done but um, it, I mean it's trying to not get the camera in the back in, in my film there's uh, a multitude of mistakes but <laughs> <laughs> what is interesting even when you light it properly yeah so when, when it's what is normal light you can't sometimes can't use I, I had a room lit and then I move into another room and even though it's light it looks dark yes 
So the trans- transition between those two things... Oh, yeah, yeah. I've not worked that either. It's such, I need to go to film school very badly. Well, luckily for my film, I got the help of um, a good friend of mine and professional photographer, Idil Sukan, who um, uh, hadn't done film before, but she's moving into it now. She loved doing it, but obviously she understands light and cameras, which helped. So she could do all of that for me whilst I'm fannied around with my dog yeah um but yeah it's 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 literally an art (laughs) it's a lot of work i i I said to uh david i spent about a week making my film and probably that was far too much time (laughs) well i shot mine in two days and then edited it in one which is far too short an amount of time but I sort of won't let it expand to me to fill whatever time I give it because it will. I mean, famous quote from an anonymous source, I don't even know who said it, but that no film is ever finished, it's only abandoned because there are so many minute changes you can keep tinkering with. There just comes a time where you have to go, no, it's done, that's, that's it. Mm. Move on to the new thing because I will never be happy with this. Mm. And it's the problem with directors getting old and wanting to change their legacy. It's like, no, I know everyone has that feeling, but don't, don't. So you're not going to go back and do a director's cut? Oh, buddy oh. movie from last year. Yeah, yeah, more Jowers. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so go online, you'll see our films there. Also, there's some other quiz rounds we're going to do tomorrow night, which will happen, which is uh, Name the Monster. Uh, yeah. you can, we picked out 15 monsters from films. If you can get all 15, I'll be very impressed. Yeah, and They're, please don't write the answers underneath. Spoil it for other people. No, and also we've done another um, exciting film, which is all one take. It's very much like Rope, but without any lighting or any scripts, <laughs> where you have to guess where the monster appears. Is it outside? Is it behind a door? Or is it in a mirror? And that will be on there as well. So you can have your own quiz in your by yourself. By yourself, you loser. Um, but uh, if, for those of you who uh, do come to Film Fandango Live, or have come by the time you listen to this, ah, time travel, uh, thank you very much for coming. I hope you enjoy your prizes. Um, and also, if you want to contact us at all, how do... You can email us, dearfilmfandango at gmail.com. Uh, go to our Facebook page for most things, which is forward slash filmfandango, or tweet us at filmfandango. And if you'd like to donate towards our running costs, because uh, it's not cheap to do this every single week, then you can uh, donate at filmfandango.co.uk. And any donations are very gratefully received. Yes, thank you very much for all those people who have donated, because it does help us pay for putting this podcast online and go to cinema is essential to us staying alive so thank you very much for that um so we should uh maybe finish with the soundtrack round yes we'll finish with a round that we're going to do tomorrow but by the time this is released we'll blah 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 blah. so i should say this is if you want to buy a brilliant cd um which i've taken all soundtracks from it's played by the sort of some some countries Philharmonic <laughs> Orchestra it's called mostly from this it's called the Definitive Horror Music Collection and it's available from Silver Screen Records that's spelt silver S-I-L-V-A Silver Screen Records the Definitive Horror Music Collection here are ten tracks from maybe not the not the title track but music that could be oh, in incidental the back. as well yes. from uh, movies so 
See if you can guess them, and we'll do the answers afterwards. Yes, do the answers. We'll be see how many. See how many you can get. Number one. Number two. Number four. Number five. Number seven. Number eight. Number nine.
finally, number 10. So, that was the um, film quiz. How many did you get, listeners? I got ten, because I knew all of them. Because <laughs> you made the round. I found it particularly hard, actually. It's it's what, it's uh, kudos, because it's very well constructed, because all of them, you have that, ah, yeah. what is that? They're not necessarily the main that? theme, but bits you've heard that are yeah, quite yeah, familiar yeah. films. Well, I, I will admit, I only got four correct, but... Um, do you want to read the answers? Yeah, I think there are about four easy ones and some are really hard you have to see. Okay, so they are. Number one was The Shining. Two, Ghostbusters. Three, Alien. Four, The Omen. Five, Halloween. Six, Witches of Eastwick. Seven, Poltergeist. Eight, The Thing. Nine, Rosemary's Baby. And ten, Predator. Predator at the end. Well, you told that. me that the uh, the shaker was the secret to getting the predator one. I don't remember him using maracas. No, but it sounds like you know the predator makes that noise, that sort of weird poppy. Doesn't he make a sort of? Yeah, yeah. But I think the shaker is instrumental. If you had to say right in an orchestra, you've got to do the predator sound. You'd have to do the shaker. Do that kind of. All right, whatever. Anyway, that's it for this blooming podcast. It'd be easier to find if we were carried maracas. All right. <laughs> Uh, right we'll be back next week with a special guest yes Um, so in the meantime keep watching the films watching the films bye 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 Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag? Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.